Welcome back, FPL Surgery listeners, to episode 244 of the FPL Surgery podcast. We're recording. It's the evening of Monday, the 11th of April, and game week 32 is just finished. And now we're moving on to double game week 33. Um, now, on this episode, we're going to be mainly looking at upcoming double game week in 33. In particular, we're going to be looking at the free hit. And we've got a very special guest today. His rank, I mean, he's been top 100 since game week 22. But I mean, that's changed slightly over the coming week because of the podcast curse. However, welcome to the podcast, Sam. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Really good to be on. I've listened for a long time, as I was saying to you before. And um, yeah, I've chosen a sadly chosen a sad game week to, to join you on. We're only, I think, two, uh, no, three of my players returned. One of that, one of them being Trent with only four points. So uh, not the best game week, but yeah, been very, very lucky this season. Um, yeah, a bit of a, yeah, bit pretty crazy to be honest. I've, I've noticed, I've only spoken to you for the first time today and I had a look at your Twitter bio and, you know, you, you seem to be very humble because I, I noticed you put on your Twitter bio, you put, you put you love FPL, particularly when I get as lucky as I am this season. It's a fluke. <laughs> um, I, I mean, you're having an incredible season. I mean, at the moment, you're still 252nd, which I, mm. I would bite my hand off for that. In 10 years playing, I've never been there. And that's that's a low point for you. Mm. It's a lot. Yeah, uh, this season it is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons I say it's lucky is because there's been a couple of times in the season where I've made a, my two best game weeks have basically come down to a real 50-50 decision. And there's been huge swings there. Um, but yeah, I suppose I've got to take some credit for it as well. Um, <laughs> um, I think I've also at times made good, deci- made good decisions. and But there's also been plenty of times that I can think of when I've made bad decisions that have paid off. And I look back in hindsight and think, that oh, probably wasn't a great decision. Um, I kind of got away with it. And other times where I think I made a good decision and it didn't pay off. So it's, I suppose looking back and trying to identify those moments probably help you learn. Because it's easy to ignore the ones where you make a bad decision and get away with it, I think. Do yeah. any ones in particular stand out? Um, well, actually, I asked, I asked this question on Twitter the other day to see what people would say about if they could think of any moments. Because you, you, you hear a lot on on Twitter in general in FPL, people talk a lot about, oh, I made a good decision, but the outcome was bad. But you never hear it the other way around no. in hindsight. <laughs> so the, the one for me, I think, is game week one, having Danny Ings. I think a lot of us did really well with him the first three weeks. But he scored like an overhead kick out of nowhere. Um, he wasn't actually that nailed, really, from what I can remember. Um, and then I also owned um, Ben Rama at that time. And I wonder if a few of us got away with that as well. He had a couple of really good preseason games and it was likely he was going to be starting. But since then, even when he has played, he's not been particularly clinical, uh, even though Bowen's kind of taken his place and he's had injury problems from what I can remember. So there too. Um, and then others where it just felt, yeah, really 50-50. So one would be game week. Uh, let me have a quick look so I can tell you which game week it is specifically. It was. I rose from 419th to 46th in one game week, uh, and I, I, I bought and captained Fernandez in game week 22. It is, um, and it was basically I was either going to take a minus four for Ronaldo, um, or just stick with Bruno because I could go straight to him from another player and captain him. And it, it's not that I think that was a bad decision. Um, I just think it was a very 50-50 decision. It could have gone either way. It was the week where Ranick press conference I think he was very vague about Ronaldo's fitness he said that he was available and I remember thinking oh does that mean available to start or available to be in the squad but he wasn't even in the squad at all so I think yeah people got very unlucky with that but yeah there was no predicting the huge swing where I think Fernandez scored two in the first game and then got two and an assist or something in the second second game something silly like that um 
so yeah, a few huge swings like that, a bit of luck here and there. And yeah, because this is kind of like, it sounds ridiculous to say, but this is the kind of the first game week that's kind of been a disaster in the whole season. And even, there's been a few that have been bad, but there's none where I've like dropped this much, I don't think, in a game week. And even like thinking back to over, over the Christmas period with all the cancellations because of COVID, like a lot of people were talking about the the mayhem caused by COVID and all these late cancellations, it genuinely it hardly affected my team. <laughs> there was a week where like Aston Villa was pulled off last minute. I just didn't own any Aston Villa players. And in general, I didn't tend to own the players who had games cancelled. It like affected me a little bit. But I, saw, I know people. some people just have game weeks completely ruined by that. Um, so I think there was, a, there was a lot of luck around that period. Um, but yeah, I will also take some credit probably for some good decision making uh, as well. I think you should take a lot of credit. And also, what's funny is, is listening to you say that, it's it's impressive how you can be so, I didn't even know what the word is, but you can look at your own decisions and evaluate them, even if they have a good outcome. Because it's funny, when you were saying about Danny Ings, I didn't have Danny Ings. So I was thinking, yes, he was lucky. Because I remember at the time being incredibly annoyed by not having Danny Ings. However, then you said Ben Rama, and mm. I owned Ben Rama, and I'd never thought of that as as lucky. But now you now you've said it. It was, especially when, you know, paired with Antonio as well, mm. who, you know, his drop off's been maybe even more stark than Ben Rama's, considering how str- how strongly he started. I do think, I, I think last season as well, a lot of people in the like FPL community or F- on FPL Twitter, et cetera, did really badly. But the average was probably quite low mm-hmm. uh, in general. But this season, I think most people, are, not everyone, but a lot of people are doing really well who are on Twitter. And I think that's because the, te- the like, Twitter template just did so well in those first few game weeks and um, for so for a lot of people I had a good start and yeah, another one it's, it's hard to know whether you judge um yeah whether you were lucky by um the types of goals they scored so for example I also in Mason Greenwood kind of the least said about him now the better from an FPL point of view I owned him in game week one and he's he, I think he scored in the first three game weeks but they were all to know was one of them whether the goalkeeper fumbled it in there was one from a really tight angle he would never normally score from. But I don't know, just because he scored from very low XD chances, I don't know if that automatically means that was a bad decision, because I think there was actually more logic to that, because we knew he was going to be starting up front. It was before Ronaldo signed, and Cavani was injured, I think. That's why many people had him. So I'm not yeah. sure about if that was a bad decision or not. But um, when, you men- when you mentioned Danny Ings being lucky, another player I didn't have was Greenwood. Um, but mm. the, yeah, the reason I didn't mention him, because I was, I was tempted, I was thinking of it, was just because... Yeah, I could see the logic in p- why people went for him. Mm. I mean, I guess there was some logic in why people went 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 for rings. But yeah, like you said, they're all part of that Twitter template that did really, really well at the start. Yeah, um, absolutely. There was another one I just thought of, actually, that I remembered a lot of people replied to when I tweeted about that. Yeah, good outcome, but bad decision was um, just before Salah went to AFCON, he played Leicester at home. And uh, quite a few people, including me, sold him. Because I think the game week before he played Chelsea or something, so he had Chelsea, um, something like this, Chelsea, Leicester, and then he was away at AFCON, so you could sell him there for, I don't know, Fernandez or someone who had a couple of good fixtures. And that Leicester game, he just happened to miss a penalty. It was like, <laughs> I can't remember, yeah, that, that's so unlikely that would happen. And in general, in that game, he had lots of chances. And that was another one that I think was probably a bad decision to sell Salah at that time, even though he had Chelsea. I think it probably, for a lot of people, the right decision would have been to hold on, probably, but we kind of felt like I got away with that one a bit, particularly with the penalty miss. So something I noticed looking through your team was, I think, I was looking through your game week history and I was expecting to see, you know, loads of really, really big game weeks. 
Like you obviously you obviously mentioned one of the big game weeks, but there's not actually that many like huge game weeks, if if that makes sense. It's it's just been like a, a plod. Would that be would that be fair? If if you can plod to one of the highest ranks in the game? <laughs> um, yeah, it has been very gradual. So even apart from that, so game week nine was also a huge one for me. It was game week nine was the week where a lot of people captained Havertz and Salah scored a hat trick against Man United. I happened to wildcard the week before which means I went for Mason Mount rather than Havertz because it was before Lukaku's injury. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to have a spot in midfield, which I knew I was going to take a punt on for a couple of weeks. Um, and Mason Mount fitted the bill because he was about to play Norwich the next week. And I liked his underlying stats at that time. But I yeah, didn't expect him to score. Um, yeah, hat-trick. It was, it was the only time he's... It was the first time he's ever scored more than one goal in a Premier League game that game week. I bought him the week before. And then I also bought Reese James in, in game week eight as well. So that was huge. And then there was the one we've already discussed. But apart from that, yeah, there's just been a lot of very good game weeks. There's not been like any absolutely ludicrous ones that I can think of. Like I've never had a game week rank, for example, of inside the top 10,000 or anything like that. I think my highest is actually, yeah, 16,000, which is that game week 22, which is, you know, pretty ridiculous. But a lot of them are around about between 100,000 and a million. Um, And I, I wonder if that a lot of people, I think, when they think about trying to get like a really high rank like this, they kind of feel like they have to go differential. I think that's probably something gen- people generally think is that if you're going to win FPL, you probably have to like get lucky with some huge differentials, but often those differentials kind of emerge naturally. So like Fernandez was a huge differential that week, but that's just because a lot of people happened to go for Ronaldo. So it was a week where you were captaining a player that no one else even owned because you tended to have one or the other. Um, or this upcoming game week, the free hit, there'll be loads of differentials that just are there because you're playing the free hit chip and there'll be players that are tricky to get if you're not free hitting. Um, so I think it kind of proves that that's not necessarily the case. Um, although it's something to think, think about maybe in the last few game weeks if you have a, a particular target of where you want to be overall or in a mini league. Um, but yeah, just a lot of <laughs> just a lot of very good game weeks. Like this one I've just had was probably my, you know, my most disastrous one of the season. Your last two have been your worst i think but it's just really interesting because the last one in game week 31 my game week rank is 4.3 million but i only dropped from 51st to 75th because it was actually the loads of the dead teams did really well i think i think that's one of the reasons it was so low there were loads of players that did really well that no one owns now that are just in <laughs> in teams that people from people who stopped playing but this week yeah it was an absolute killer because yeah because of essentially because of young men's song <laughs> i mean you're you're basically in this quite large mini league as in i know i know we're all in the mini league with nine million players but you're probably in like really there's probably only the top thousand could finish in the top thousand or or can get to within the top thousand without something absolutely crazy happening you know like captain in some you know one percent owned player who scores a hat trick mm. so it feels like you're in that little mini league i imagine and maybe that's why you only dropped 20 places the week before like you said yeah i was thinking that because if you look at my rank from 22 up until last week it's just stayed between well, between 20 and 80, it's always been around about there and just moved about. And it's been a couple of weeks that felt quite bad, but I've dropped by maybe 20 places. And it's like, oh, I've doubled my rank, but you've, you're still 40th in the world or something silly. So you can't, you can't really ask for much sympathy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so confusing looking at your rank as well, because on the screen, it almost I keep thinking it's the points column because it's <laughs> because it's, you know, 79, 69, 25, 27. It's those kind of numbers. I'm not used to seeing like double digit numbers in that column. Yeah, it is a bit. It's pretty yeah. silly. Um, <laughs> the um, 
Yeah, the highest I've been is yeah, 25th. Is that right? Yeah, 25th. And I was actually, it doesn't, this doesn't count, so I won't count this as my highest I've ever been, but mid-game week I was 12th at one point, and that was quite exciting. And that was, you know, not even mid-game, that was like on the Saturday night, for example, after all the games, and I was 12th. And I knew my rank was going to go down based on the players I had left. But that was, <laughs> that was like exciting to to be there and I've got a screenshot of that <laughs> yeah I'm not surprised I'd have screenshots of every moment if I, if I was that high before we move into our game which just gone can I ask like so what's been like the, the happiest moment in FPL this season like the one that really you obviously you mentioned that you screenshot being 12th um, mid game week but has there been a moment that's been like unbelievable so, celebrations or <laughs> two I can think of and they're both in the same game week and quite yeah quite niche so 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 game week 20 sorry game week 22 is the obvious one so that was the moment when um yeah Fernandez in the second game even though Ronaldo played as well he outscored him I think he braced again for the second time in two games so that was huge um but I wasn't I can't remember what I was doing that evening but I wasn't able to watch the game so I was just seeing it come through on my phone and then it got to the end of that game and I I knew it was about the 89th minute or something like that and uh so I checked my rank and I thought, oh, that's yeah, amazing. I've had a huge rise. And then in that second game, they were playing Brentford. And I also didn't own any Man United defenders. And then, and then in stoppage time, Ivan Tony, who I owned, just wiped out the Man United defence. <laughs> and it was, and that was the moment when I thought, yeah, this is outrageous. <laughs> I'd had to, I kept Tony for weeks and he didn't do anything, way longer than most people. Um, and yeah, he wiped out Man United's clean sheet in like the 93rd minute. I think I had one United defender, but a lot of people had doubled up at that point. And then that set my rank. Yeah, th- that was just outrageous because suddenly Tony had returned for me. Plus a lot of people have lost a double clean sheet. And it's because it's because I'd relaxed and thought, oh, what an amazing game week. And then it was, in a moment just suddenly got even better. Like a huge um, swing. Like and a, yeah. well, another one sorry, I just thought of, that's another highlight. And again, it's kind of partly because I wasn't watching the game as well, is, is is that game week nine when Mount scored the hat trick is I was I was playing I was playing football, so I was playing just Saturday league football that afternoon for my team. And uh I got back into the change rooms after the game and checked my phone and saw like wow they've been Norwich seven nil and was thinking to myself like Havertz captain is here. I have an absolute worldie and I checked it and yeah immediately saw he hadn't even returned and yeah saw Mount and scored a hat trick. So that like as one moment because it's not yeah, that was pretty outrageous because it's like suddenly experiencing the feeling of watching your player score, but three goals in one in one go. <laughs> yeah, that um, was mad. I, I remember that game vividly because I think Man even ended up taking penalties. He did. He took a penalty. Uh, yeah. 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 Why did you take that? I guess Jorginho wasn't on the pitch. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm trying to think back now because he wasn't meant to be taking them. I think some yeah someone had been subbed off, and that's why he ended up taking the penalty. I guess to get his hat trick. Did I he even? Miss it and then had to retake it, or I might have made that up. I think you're, no, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure he missed it, but it yeah. was a retake rather than a penalty <laughs> save. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. There was one week as well. It might have been the following week when Reese James had a haul and he was on two. He scored twice and Chelsea won a penalty and people thought he was going to take it. Do you remember that? Or maybe it was the same game. There was did James score twice in that game? He scored. So the week the week later. He, against Newcastle, we scored a brace. You're right, and then then they won a, a penalty. They won a penalty, and there was talk on the commentary during the game that James might take it to get his hat trick, <laughs> which would have been unbelievable. He got 21 points as it as it was, yeah. so 27 yeah. would have been yeah beautiful, like John Stones levels from last season. But, um, yeah, I think what we're doing now that that's been brilliant, and hopefully that inspires. I guess inspires us to get lucky on our on our free hits, which we're going to get to get to 
get to you mm. shortly. We start with our game weeks. So I know you've gone through the highs of describing your season. Um, yeah. Obviously, like we mentioned, I mentioned in the intro, you got hit by the podcast curse, which I, I warned you about in DMs on Twitter. <laughs> you did, yeah. Um, so do you want me to go through mine first, Rich? Yeah, if you go through yours and then, yeah, then I'll go through mine. Well, um, so I'll just go through it quickly, player by player. So I played Ramsdale, unfortunately, instead of Dubravka. He got one point instead of seven, which I think I would, yeah, I think I'd make that decision again. Arsenal's defence is pretty good, so I don't really regret that too much. Um, Doherty, one-pointer, very unfortunate, particularly as I thought he might stay on. <laughs> Did he got down injured and then he played on for the 20 minutes or so and then eventually went off. Um, Taking painkillers and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's out for the season now. Have you seen that? That's Yeah. Yeah, real shame because he was just kind of getting some momentum going, actually. Um Gabriel also one-pointer for Arsenal, so that double defence wipeout was bad for me. Um, Rhys James, who I bought, I actually bought Rhys James this week, because um, I knew I was free-hitting free this coming week. I just had to get someone in. I, I wanted long-term, but also for this mm-hmm. one game week, and he kind of just fit the bill, particularly with the Champions League result last week, but it's probably a fairly good chance. They might get knocked out of that, and he becomes a better asset then. Um, I, I started Robertson and Trent. So I got zero from Robertson, four from Alexander-Arnold. I got the five from Salah that most people got, two from Coutinho, one from Saka, and then I got 10 from Rafinha. So I was very pleased with that. That was nice. Finally got double digits. Yeah, he scores a lot of nines and eights, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's, amazing, he's, an, he's a brilliant asset, I think. Mm-hmm. For his, it's easy to forget how cheap he was. A lot of people bought him at 6.5 or something like that. So for the amount he returns, even if he's sometimes a bit frustrating, he's great. And I captain Kane. Yeah, so... Thankfully, I didn't try and be like clever with my captaincy, and it would have been even worse. Um, yeah, the fact Kane got three assists and I captained him, it's still a bad game. It just shows you yeah, how many people own Son and Kulisevsky. And maybe like a lot of people just got, you know, had Rudiger or another random player that got a sneaky return or a different goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, you've had bad luck there as well. I mean, some of the players I own as well, so maybe I'm biased, but obviously <laughs> Spurs and Chelsea kept clean sheets. And obviously, like you mentioned, Doherty went off injured. James didn't start. Um, so you've obviously got that. The goalkeeper choice was you know, pr- pretty close, I'd, I'd imagine. I'd, I'd have probably gone with Ramsdale as well. Like you say, at least you got the captain right, or it could have been disaster. But it, I mean, it, I can't really see anything you would have done differently. Uh, no, so, so easy to think about with hindsight. With hindsight yeah, because I guess you're looking as well, because you mentioned you're free hitting in 33, you're looking for 34 onwards. So. I can understand why you went for the Chelsea player. Yeah, so the other player I was considering Cancelo, but it, I was quite convinced. I was quite convinced James would start. To be honest, mm. I, I thought he would. I thought he would start. So I thought if they'd have both started, James was the better option. And I thought, I thought, yeah, there was a fairly good chance Liverpool would score. Um, there's another reason I didn't go for Cancelo. So I don't think I would have made that decision again. I was pretty set on James most of the time. At one point, again, I considered going for a midfielder instead. And I did Dean to James, but I considered doing Coutinho to Foden instead. Uh, there wouldn't have been much different. And again, it was just this fixture, this game week that put me off. Um, so, yeah, and the the main, the other, I had two free transfers, so I also downgraded. I could have gone Jimenez to like another striker, but there was, again, there's no one I would have gone for that would have returned. Um, but I, I downgraded him to Gelhart instead. I just didn't, yeah, I was wanted to just put money in the bank um, to use after 33, basically. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, it was a weird because I'm doing the same strategy. So I was trying to use one of my I only had one transfer, but I had mm-hmm. to use it because if I rolled and then free hit, I lose the transfer. Yeah. So 
I mean, I ended up I, a bit like you. I didn't have Son either, but I do have the the three spares. So I had Kane captain, Kulisevsky and, and Doherty. Yeah. Um, and my transfer nice. paid off. I felt my transfer was a little bit sideways. I did Lacazette to Puki. Purely did it because I wanted to get a bit of money out of Lacazette, who I didn't mm. want because I'm free hitting in 33. I can bring Arsenal back in, you know, if I choose to do so. I guess it, for me, it was between Puki and um, I can't even remember who the other one. Oh, Mateta. I was torn, but torn between those two. But yes, I, preferred, yeah. I, I preferred Puki because he's 90 minute man. He's on on penalties, whereas mm. Mateta, he's he's not on penalties and he doesn't always play much mm. more than 60, 70 minutes. And I yeah. saw what happened to people with Edouard as well, mm. where <laughs> yeah. it looked like he was a nailed on striker. And then suddenly, you know, he was out in the cold. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the only risk with Pookie would be once Norwich are down, maybe they're going to plan for life without him. But, you mm. know, I don't want to think too long term either. I preferred Pookie this week. Mikhail Topfram, I saw he had him like fifth in the captaincy um, algorithm. Interesting. So, to be yeah. honest, it was, it was good enough for me. So, and yeah, and he put up really good numbers. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. So that's something I did like very briefly consider was doing Jimenez to Mateta or Puki instead, but I didn't consider it for a very long amount of time. I knew that if I, I kind of looked at my team after 33 and, and knew it, it was likely to be a player I wouldn't be starting because I've not got my bench boost left either. Um and so I just thought I'd just go for Gelhart and I'll thank myself probably for that money to be able to get Cancelo most likely in 34. See, I, th- I think we're on very similar lines here because I, I the reason I didn't go for Gelhart is because I already have him. So I okay, had to yeah. go. Yeah. So I went down to Pookie and it's given me the money now for after free hit. So the plan was I could do Rafinha to Foden or Havertz mm-hmm. or Mount. Also now Doherty can go to Robertson, for example. Yeah, that is really similar, isn't it? Yeah, we, we've was, got very similar teams and I guess that's why we're on this same strategy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, at one point I even thought about if I thought if James isn't, if I kind of got, if if I thought James wasn't going to play, I was considering actually doing Jimenez to Gellhart and actually doing Broger to Greenwood as well, and just taking my second and third sub both down to four point five. But it was just I just felt it was too risky because neither of them are going to play regularly, and I thought I want to have at least a second sub that plays just in case there's a disaster. So I thought that was probably slightly too risky. But I like the I like the idea of it because it meant I could then get Foden and Cancelo, for example, in the future. So I vaguely thought about it, but it was yeah the upside of James, uh, and then the fact I could just sell Broger and hopefully <laughs> sell Broyer or Broger, however you pronounce that in the yeah. future. Um, I, I, anyway. I like that plan as well. That was another thing I I considered was basically then you go for like a I know you can't play them all, but you have five premium defenders, five decent midfielders, Kane up front, and then yeah the two cheap. Two, two cheap lead strikers. I think Gianni um, did that. Do you know Gianni? I, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this week he did Veghorst to Gellhart. Oh, he was, he he was something like that. Yeah, so he, um, I think he was just sick of <laughs> Veghorst, and even though he was playing Norwich, he knew his free hitting next week and was trying to save some money because I think he was going to bench Veghorst anyway. Um, I thought that was quite a bold move, that, particularly because he was playing Norwich, but it's that would really pay off for him long term, having that extra money and having him out when that's a problem people have to deal with. <laughs> no, I think so. I, I do like that because there is the danger that maybe down the line I want to bring the money out out of Pookie, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to maybe go towards more of that, more of that strategy. Um, and I, I guess something we've got as well. So we're, we're obviously going to both let's move into a free hit 33 discussion. I just really, really quickly. I just wanted to mention, we tweeted it out earlier in the week, but 
we hit a million listens um, since oh. 2016 on on SoundCloud. It was only because I, by accident, I clicked on some insights link and it, it came up with, we had a crazy amount of listeners in Cambodia, which piqued my interest. So then I had a little look at how many listens it's had of all time. And I noticed it had hit a million a few weeks ago. So I just wanted to obviously thank everyone for, obviously for listening, especially that that would come from the Iceman as well. I also wanted to mention, because I did tweet it out, and obviously I mentioned this would be the last year we're doing the pod, like each and every week. But we, we're still looking at what we're doing next season, but we're thinking maybe we do sporadic pod, pods. Obviously, that means the Patreon and everything will be ending, but we're still going to keep the Slack channel open. So we're communicating with there on there on the Slack channel. And I think James has sent out um, a little Patreon message for everyone. Yeah, let's get straight back into it. So free hit 33. Should we start with, I mean, I guess the reason that you're free hitting 33 would be a good place to start. It was only like last game week I made the decision. Um, when those, I, I was pretty set on it, actually. And then those new fixtures came out for 36 and 37. And I just had to take some time to think about, does that make me more or less like to free hit in 33? Because particularly the extra fixtures in 36, it means there's more upside to the free hit. But it also means it's easier to get a good team without a free hit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the reason I decided to do it was just where my team was at the moment. So even if I just tried to get players for 33 without free hitting, it relied on players like Breuer, who I don't even know if he'll play or not. And now, well, Dotter, who now would have been injured, so I, I didn't know that at the time. Um, but I, it's just that the players I had weren't brilliant. And I also, I wasn't keen on bringing in Man United players long term. And I would have wanted to, and I'll probably come to it, I probably would like to captain a Man United player, attacker, and so I probably would have ended up transferring out Salah or Kane to bring in, in the next game week. And I already feel like I'm getting behind where people who wildcard in 34 will be. And so I felt like it delayed me too much and it set up an optically good game week. And by free hitting it, I can build towards the players I want in 34 onwards, many of which are players who have got a good double in 36 or 37 anyway. Logic. So from that point of view, in terms of fixtures, I think it makes the most sense for my team and, for, and probably for most teams. But... Also, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get onto, there are some good single game fixtures in 33 and some teams playing in 33 who double who aren't playing particularly well at the moment. So I think it's a very, I think free hitting 33 has the highest upside, but it's also a very high risk, has a very high or low, low, low side, <laughs> whatever, yeah, uh, as well. So I think it's it's high risk, high reward doing it in 33, whereas 36 is probably a bit safer. You're more likely to do well, but also there'll be you probably make less ground as well because other people have to be able to get those players without a free hit. I think you've described the reasons why I'm doing it as well. Uh, I think it's more mm. not about, I mean, you mentioned Man United players and I did want to captain a Man United player in this game week. And like you, I didn't want to bring him in and then bring him out. Um, mm. But it was more about, I didn't want to be bringing in players like Veghorst and all this kind mm. of stuff and Newcastle defenders ahead of game week 33. And it's also like you say, the exit out of it as well. Like I'm happy with my team as it is. And as it was last week, from game week 34 onwards, I'm just not happy with how it sets up in, in 33. So I, I guess some of the upside has been leading up to this this game week and then obviously coming coming out of it as well. Um, yes. I, I'm going to be really interested. I, th- I think we should get straight into our free hit teams because we haven't shared them with each other. And it's actually, I thought it would be fun not to know because I think there's a couple of clear ways you can go with this because I've seen a lot of people say, you know, the single game weeks are so, so good. Why would you do it? And the, but then all the algorithms and all the, you know, the mathematical stuff says go for 11 doublers. So I'm intrigued. Um, how sh- should we start? Should we do it position by position? That yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, rather than doing one yeah. each, let's go through packages. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll start with, to be fair, this one is kind of, 
I kind of work my outfield team and then goalkeeper. There's a few we can go for. So I haven't put a lot of thought of in, into it. But in my current one, I've got Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. And who's your subkeeper? Or do you just have you just got bench spot of that? So money's not really a problem in my team. So yeah. it would probably be Schmeichel, Pope. It, honestly, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to matter that much. Money's not a problem unless you're trying to squeeze in four or five big, big premiums. Yeah, I agree. I think that's quite a unique thing about this free hit, actually, is that money's not really an issue. Yeah, unless you're going big on other premiums, apart from the ones who double. Um, There's so a lot I, of choice as well. Like, mm. did you notice when people free hit in 28, was it 28 people free hit? And, and then I ended up free hitting in that game where Everton and um, Brentford doubled. Oh, yeah. There seemed to be very clear templates. Mm. Like, you, it was just basically what City mid you went for in 28. And then the week I did it, it was like, what Everton or West Ham defender do you go for? There seems well, to be so much choice this week. Was that the week, was that the week when Everton's fixture was cancelled? Yeah, I lost yeah. points on my last free hit. <laughs> oh, mate, I feel for you. I think I, I bought, I can't remember if I captained him, but I bought Calvert Lewin that week. He missed a penalty in the first game, didn't he? Yeah. The only oh, good thing really about painful. me free hitting that week, because I always try and be a little bit glass half full, is they were all gone after that week. I didn't get like the Michael Keane own goal the next week or anything. <laughs> they were gone. And also a lot of people, so I free hitted in 27, but it wasn't particularly good. A lot of people who didn't free hit kind of were, were fine that week as well. And you wouldn't have played a free hit then, so I assume you maybe did okay then. Um, the only the only downside oh yeah I see what you mean I see what you mean but on the actual free hit itself I ended up bringing in Antonio to captain him when I should have mm. just captain captain Bowen uh, maybe sure. then I wouldn't have lost points but um, yeah. yeah so my goalkeeper it's, that's probably not the most exciting part of the draft but who's your one so mine's Ramsdale and I went for Schmeichel just because I don't have much confidence in many Leicester players starting two games um, and I like both their fixtures I think Everton is a great fixture. Um, and they've got Newcastle as well, which is not as good as it was, but it's still, I think, still quite good defensively to be able to play against them. Um, see, the main reason is that they, uh, yeah, he, he's going to play both games unless he gets injured, um, just as other keepers will, but there's not other um, Leicester options or not many that we can be that confident in, in minutes off. So that was the main reason. But I, like, I like Ramsdale as well, yeah. Yeah, and even before this week, Schmeichel's shown that he can save penalties, which I guess is something to take into account, maybe, because that's always the dream on a on a double <laughs> or, or any game week for your goalie. Yeah, that's one of the best one of the best feelings in FPL, I think, is when your keeper saves a penalty, particularly if other people own the, the penalty taker, because the swing is enormous. Yeah, no, exactly. But then mm-hmm. I think I guess Schmeichel only yesterday had to have him save a penalty, then save the retaken penalty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they concede anyway. But yeah, so should we move on to defenders? I've gone for three here. Same. I'm the same. Okay, so at the moment, I've got Shah and Target. So two Newcastle defenders. And then Gabriel. So I'll have double Arsenal defence. And I know Arsenal have been bad recently. I'm, laughing, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because mine's exactly the same. Is it actually? Yeah, yeah. Even same. the same Newcastle defenders. Yeah, Shah and Target as well. Exactly <laughs> the same, yeah. And Gabriel, I. It's just Gabriel instead of White again because money's not a problem, and Gabriel's just slightly more likely to score from a corner. Oh yeah, and he it, almost got the assist the other day um, till it was Vard. Yes, yeah, I didn't know that actually. Oh, it's even more pain from that game week, but yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if you look at like the xG, I think Gabriel's is like 0.1. I guess that implies that now and then he has a shot from a header, from a cross, from a corner or a free kick, whereas White's is like 0.03 or something like that. So. Just that I assume that means Gabriel gets on the end of more free kicks. So there's just more chance he might just nick a goal out of nowhere and get lucky there. Um, exactly. 
And well, Tierney, Tierney would be the obvious option otherwise, but obviously he's injured. With the Newcastle ones as well, it was strange, strange that we got the same two because obviously there's Target and Burn, well, there's Burn as well. Um, <laughs> it's quite an unusual situation there where you've got players where you look at their stats and they're for different, obviously playing for different sides for half of the stats because Burn actually has pretty good attacking numbers. So does Target. Mm. Obviously, some of yeah. them they were playing for a different team. Um, yeah. yeah that, was there I, anything I else you considered from other teams? I reckon I might have, maybe I've overlooked Burn a bit because I didn't really look into him. That could be a bit of, um, he's very cheap, isn't he, Dan Burn? Isn't he cheaper than Shara and Tarvid? He, he might not? not be cheaper than Sh- To be honest, money was literally no object here. Yeah. Um, I, so wonder I, if, I wonder if that's why I've looked o- overlooked him. But yeah, Targets. so his expected assist is 0.11 for the season. Um, no, none of them are particularly attacking, are they? But uh, yes, I think you might as well glance at that if you're... If you can get anyone you want, then you're just hoping for a clean sheet otherwise. Um, and they just, and I think Target and Char just probably as well as Dan Burns. It seems quite nailed, that defence in general, I guess. But yeah, I'll definitely take another look at Dan Burns' attacking numbers to see if he's maybe worth going for ahead of them. Yeah, and it's it's with those as well. I guess Newcastle, it sounds a bit weird going heavy on them, but they've got those two home games, haven't they, against Leicester. Leicester, who could be tired after Europe and might rotate yeah. you know, seven players again. And Palace, Palace don't seem to be too great away. Um, no, yeah, the Palace one's annoying because Palace are yeah, very good now, aren't they? Um, defend, well, defensively, they're very good. Yeah, that's yeah. Defensively, they they're don't good. seem to be as good away from home. So okay, at least yeah. Newcastle at home for both games. That's what that's what I'm banking on or hoping for anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, I don't pay a lot of attention to home and away games. Maybe I, should, I don't know if I should do more. I just think... I think it's one of those things that across the season, when you've only got 38 games, 19 home, 19 away, I think it can just be, I think often a team can happen to win more, well, obviously expect them to win more home games, but win more home mm-hmm. games relative to the average you'd expect them to. Um, and we can assume that means that they're better at home or worse away, and there's lots of other factors. So uh, that's not something I've looked into, but they, they're particularly bad that they away from home Palace. Yeah, they tend to be a lot better at home, but I mean, to yeah. be honest, you make, you make a really good point. I think it'd probably be easy in general in football, but in FPL to kind of buy into a, a certain narrative just because something's happened to have happened. So, for example, uh, Norwich won. Did they win? Yeah, they won. Yeah. Um, last week, suddenly people will say things like, "Oh, no, Norwich might not be as easy as people think because they're fighting for their lives and things like that." And I think, well, they should have been fighting for their lives. They were fighting for their lives the previous weeks and lost comfortably as well. Um, the yeah, little narratives like that can sometimes I, get into. I fully I agree with that. People's <laughs> thinking and the, the whole um, like the on the beach thing. I think that like maybe is a thing, uh, but maybe more because of like rotation rather. I think in this day and age with a lot of players, I think they're most players, particularly when they get on the pitch, they they want to win <laughs> ultimately. And I think yeah, there's lots of examples probably of players who are mid-table, nothing to play for, who still do brilliantly and have good ends to the season. So I, I think things like that we can maybe buy into a little bit too much. Um, but, yeah, quite, maybe a bit cynical in, in that sense. But I probably, yeah, they're probably, for that reason, I probably underappreciate some things and don't look into some things enough as well. Um, I think I think you've also <laughs> kind of given a little clue um, to some of your midfielders and forwards just because you, you picked out Norwich there, <laughs> which I, I fully agree with. I fully, I actually watched the entirety of that Norwich game because because i just bought in pookie yeah um and yeah i mean all i really took away from that is burnley are horrific like i I didn't realize how bad they were 
but they still got plenty of plenty of shots. Mm. You know, they should have scored. I mean, Corne missed a sitter. So, I mean, I don't want to compare Burnley to United, but you'll you'll think and hope that United can get something against oh, Norwich. Yeah. And it, again, uh, to use the home and away thing, um, you know, United will be at Old Trafford instead of you know at Goodison Park for that for that Norwich game. Um, uh, the Carry Road, yeah. Oh, sorry, I meant with the. So you know when they lost against Everton. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Got you. Um, yeah that was got an away you. game, so yes. maybe I do take too much into this, but that that was part of my thinking as well. That, no, you know, that, that should definitely be part of your thinking. Well, we know teams do win more at home than they do away. I just mean the idea of a team being a good home team or a team do, being really good away from home. I think sometimes not. I think that can happen, but I think sometimes we can. That can happen randomly or for other reasons. Oh, no, very true. And then there's a narrative. But no, we should definitely favour teams at home. Like teams, most players will score more goals at home. Most teams will get more points at home. So, you know, decades of football tell us that. <laughs> Which is really interesting because even now, a lot of pitches are the same size. Most teams now have quite big pitches. So actually, in terms of the game itself, it's like identical. But it's all these things like the atmosphere. And it was just, I just found it fascinating in the season where there were no fans. Um, it was the only season in the history of um, certainly the Premier League I don't know about the top flight in general where there's been more away points than home points just, it just shows how much of that it's just yeah it's the fans um, and there's also the things like the travel as well um, so yeah I've gone into that quite a lot but yeah it should definitely favour home teams but sometimes these narratives can can creep in as well around in general a team being a good home team um, but it definitely is the case sometimes Were there any defenders that, that just missed the cut um, you know over the three that you you've gone with and the, the same three that I've got um I did yeah I found that decision fairly straightforward but there were other ones I considered so in terms of other double game week defenders I considered Tellers is that how you pronounce it I think you pronounce it Tellers he um Sorry. yeah because now because Shaw's having surgery isn't he so he's pretty much nailed I think at left back Manu um and he's on set pieces which is nice but it's just that defensively against Liverpool like in my mind it's not even like Often with a double game week, one of the things that's great about it is that you know what, well, it's at least two points in every game. I think it could easily be zero. It's probably going to be zero or one point from that game. Yeah. So that I think there's, whereas with the Newcastle and Arsenal players, I could see, like, I can, although it's unlikely, they could get two clean sheets. That could happen. Like, feasible. I just can't see that at all against Liverpool with this Man United defence. They've kind of got a mid, yeah, very much mid, mid-table defence in terms of the chances they give up. Um, and then the only other like double game week team I considered for defence was, um, yeah, Leicester. There's not, I don't think there's enough. Maybe there is, but I don't think there's any that are like nailed in defence, let alone with playing this game in Europe beforehand, or particularly with this game being played in Europe beforehand, apart from Schmeichel. Um, and then, yeah, Southampton, I didn't consider their defence is very, very poor. Yeah, so, I mean, on Leicester, I, I felt like it wasn't worth the risk. Because like you say, there's no one we know is definitely nailed. Mm-hmm. They, and I don't think they're good enough defensively to even bother risking it when we've got, like yeah. the, like we mentioned, the Newcastle. And, and I know Arsenal haven't been as good the last couple of games and got some injuries. Mm-hmm. But at least they're nailed. At least we know they're going to play. So we don't need to take the risk. I don't think anyway on free hit mm-hmm. um, for the Leicester defenders. And I think... Funny enough, Tellez was one that just missed my cut as well. And okay, yeah. I think it was more, yeah, the more I started to think about the yeah, the Liverpool game, that didn't feel like, you know, I'm, we're going to get very much from it. Um, it just felt like a pick I'd want to make because he's a differential. He can be a bit exciting because he takes, you know, some set pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Shaw's been putting up, 
when he you know when he wasn't injured he was putting up good numbers all season yeah, yeah. And, and wasn't really getting much output from it because they're not keeping clean sheets yeah so. i mean in general there's a lot of very good players in that man united team they're just uh the wrong players essentially to play yeah. together <laughs> they're not the players that are bought for a particular system or a particular philosophy they're just a bundle of yeah a lot of them are very good players um and a, yeah i think luke shaw is one of them this season i think he's a very good fullback he's probably not doing particularly well because he's not playing in a system that's particularly consistent um and those kind of things um as well but yeah he always puts up good numbers doesn't he sure so he would be i would have probably found him a bit more tempting actually if he was fit and then I would with Tellers. But yeah, I mean, Tellers does have good numbers when he plays as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's that Liverpool fixture. But I'm, yeah. just, I'm very confident that'll be either a zero or a one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just not confident enough that Liverpool won't score. Uh, not not Liverpool, that Norwich won't score. After, after watching <laughs> yeah. Norwich the other day, like I know they were only playing Burnley, but you know, they created some chances. Um, sure. uh, yeah. Well, they're not going to win many games or maybe get many points, Norwich. They're capable of scoring. Mm. Um Maybe not yeah. in abundance, but... <laughs> yeah, definitely. Did you consider any single-game week defenders to start? That was going to be the next question. So what, you're one step ahead. Um, kind of. But I started thinking... I actually put a poll on Twitter earlier because... And it was a bit... It's, my brain works a bit strangely. So I said, you know, if you had to captain Concello or Target, you know, if you... Just a hypothetical situation, you had to captain one for the double game week. Which would you captain? And I'd actually captain Target. It was just a way of getting my head round, you know, which one, you know, is more important. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I agree. I would do the same. And I, I mean, think... I hate not having Trent, but then when does it end? Like, if I get Trent, then I feel like I need to get Concello. Then yeah. it's like, oh, do I get Laporte as well? And then suddenly I've just got a single game week team. So yeah, I think you've just got to play the upside. You know, the good thing is with like Shar and Target, say, um, even if they concede in both games if they concede one goal in each game that's still four points um yeah and, and, exactly. they obviously could lose go both games by three nil and it could be a complete disaster but in general if you just play the odds there's a good chance they could yeah there's a very good chance they'll get four points minimum already and yeah i'm not yeah obviously we don't even need to say that cancel is a great asset it's not yeah, we don't need to explain why he is like he just he just of course he is we just know what his goal threat is and the fact it's brighton um, yeah, that's what the, if, if, if Cancelo was playing Norwich or Burnley, for example, that would be a really difficult decision for me. And I'd probably own him. But it's the fact that they play Brighton, who are probably like, again, the defence isn't as good as it was last year, like in terms of the numbers. I remember last year they conceded a lot, didn't they? They kept losing 1-0. This year the defence isn't quite good if you look at their XG conceded. But it's like a, it's, they're, they're like a mid-table defence. They're not one of the worst in the league. Um so yeah, it's the fact that it's Brighton. Like, if, if if it was Norwich or Burnley, I think it'd be a really tough decision. <laughs> I think there's another thing, and maybe I'm just trying to justify going for the doubles. But because of the way the fixtures yeah. sit, there's all these cup games before teams like City and Liverpool play. Mm-hmm. So we can't even. Tr- I mean, we always assume and he doesn't play. Um, but that's something else to factor in as well. Maybe I'm using that as some kind of bias. Um, to not not go for him because we'd obviously have bench to cover it as well. Um, yeah, that's another reason why I'm I'm leaning away from leaning away from it. And, and what's the worst they can really do? Like mm. you say, you know, we've got Newcastle playing twice at home. Yeah. So, I mean, even if Cancelo got nine points and then Target only got four, I'd I'd get over it. But the upside yeah. is much much bigger. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like it could happen. Like Cancelo could get 16 points and Tyler and Charles both get three. Like that can happen. But you've, yeah, it's not. It's, it's very unlikely, I think. And like Cancelo obviously can do that, but the frequency at which players get hauls that big is quite low. Like he could quite easily get an assist and a clean sheet. But yeah, I'd rather just have the extra fixtures. And it's not like it's. This is very, very different to, for example, going for Veghorst instead of, I don't know, De Bruyne. Like, Newcastle's defence recently has been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look since January, uh, I wrote it down, actually. Um, uh, yeah, since January, so I've just used January because that's when they signed the players. They've got the fifth best defence in the league in terms of expected goals against. Um, it probably should be from the end of January, actually, but it might be even better, but... Yeah, defensively they're very good. So there's some logic in that as well. It's not like we're just getting two Norwich defenders in a double because it's a double. Um, they are also a good defence. No one knows because it's Man City's, but also there's there's logic to that as well. And it's very different to, you know, getting fed course just because he's got those two fixtures um, without the underlying numbers. Yeah, I always feel as well with defenders, you can get a bit luckier than you can with a striker because, you know, like you say, a striker has to score. Um, but you know teams can get lucky and, and keep clean sheets. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I just prefer it. I just prefer going for those double game weekers. And which would you know if you had to pick between Trent and Cancelo? Like I said, it would never end. You just have to pick both, and then you might want Robertson, then you might want James. So mm. part of me just thinks it's easier just to go just to go for the doubles. Um, yeah, it yeah. can't go that wrong, surely. Surely. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> used to use don't sell Trent. The example they use, which I actually agree with, but mm. the example I always used was, do you remember against Leicester on Boxing Day, he got like 24 points? Oh, yeah, don't remember it, yeah. But, but that was so, you know, that was one game week ever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people still use that as an example two seasons later, don't they? Exactly, and we, we yeah. can't, always, can't always live in fear. Yeah, well, of course he can do that. Like, yeah. he, of course he can, but it's also unlikely to happen. Yeah. Like, what will probably like, happen is Cancelo gets a clean sheet and two bonus points, mm. and then the Newcastle players get eight points as well. <laughs> yeah. That'd be that, yeah, and that'd be fine because we've got. Well, you'd hope that that would be a good result for that specifically because then we've then got the benefit of more money in the forward line. Exactly. Yeah, compared to the money people spend on Cancelo, but yeah, I think the optimal play is to go for the double game weekers in defence. We'll come to the come on to the attackers. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. I don't think, on a free hit, I think you just have to go for the players you think will get the most points. I don't think you can fear effective ownership. And in theory, you shouldn't do that. In theory, you shouldn't do that anyway, although it can be hard to do it, hard not to. But yeah, particularly on a free hit, because it's just for one game week and these individual fixtures and some players play twice, there's just more chance you're going to have a very, very um, a team with very low ownership. So that's, that's when it becomes a reality and you've actually got to stay strong. And go with who you think will get the most points. Just accept that it could just blow up in your face. This yeah. is why I didn't want to know what your free hit team was before we recorded. I, yeah. I think we're going to agree. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if our team's the same here, Sam. But let's see. Let's 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 move on. Move on to the midfielders. How many um, have you got in midfield? Okay, so I I've got this one spot in my team, but I'm not sure who it is. I've got ten like actual players. It sounds mm. like I'm sitting on the face fence here. Um, I've got 10 actual players I'll tell you what I'll put this player in so I'm going to have 5 in midfield I'm going to have same, 5 in midfield <laughs> wow okay um, do, do, you want, do you want to do your 5 first? <laughs> do I go through all of them? 
Yeah, yeah go okay. for all five. Let's I'll, go the, I'll, I'll go through the ones first. I think you're most likely to have. Okay. Um, uh, Fernandez. Got uh, Madison. <laughs> yep. Uh, this, I don't know if it's that certain. Saka. Yep. Sancho. Yep. <laughs> Salah. No. Okay. Okay, so Madison's the one I'm not sure about. It was just mm. there's this fifth spot I'm really not sure. Like I was gonna have Lacazette, but then I need to change my. De- I need to remove a defender. Mm. So um, yeah, Ward Prowse was my fifth one. Okay, over, interesting. Over, over Salah. Yeah, don't mind that. Don't mind that. I've got him as so I highlighted four players in my team. Two of them are midfielders, but mm. I definitely have. And Bruno's one. Yeah. Ward Prowse is the other one. There's something like I know he's gonna play both games. I saw how bad Burnley are. Mm. He's on penalties, which I'm trying to target in, in the free hit. Obviously, the free kit. I mean, it's kind of a boring pick, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those. It's, it's an interesting one, Ward Prowse, because he's, he's the kind of player that when he goes... When he scores in a couple of games in a row, everyone thinks... Everyone looks at his total points for the season and says, oh, why don't we just, like, keep him long-term? Yeah. It's, diff- <laughs> it's, diff- it's not that simple. Yeah. It's not that simple because, like, generally, fixtures can predict returns... And when you yeah, when he does score, he does score a lot of set pieces and they're very unpredictable. It's unpredictable when that's gonna happen. Um but you know, I don't mind it as a pick at all. Um Yeah, I think think it's yeah, I I don't mind it at all. But I'm interested to know if you've got another premium up top. Um Should we go you... should we go into strikers as well? And then we can discuss all the attackers as because I think they they're pretty much the same thing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can in a way. Quite. And a link into that from Ward Prowse is one of my strikers. So I've gone for Adams as a, as a striker, which might be a surprising one. Yeah, I don't have him, but he was down in the maybe spot. I'm really okay. sitting on the fence here, so no, he's not in my team. So the re- <laughs> the reason is, uh, so his xG for the season is 0.38, which is which is pretty good for a striker for Southampton, and then 0.14 is his uh, expected assists. But he's yeah, he seems to be nailed now. I think. Yeah, he, he seems to be, and uh, in the last 10, his XG is 0.5 since he's been playing regularly, wow. basically, which is really high, which is, yeah, which is right up there with the best players in the game. So your last 10 game weeks is 0.50, um, which is huge, and, and he's not... So I, I can't say I've watched a lot of Southampton play football <laughs> over the last <laughs> 10 game weeks, but that implies that he's had big chances and has probably missed them, um, and I'm willing to yeah trust that he'll still get those big chances. But yeah, the benefit of Ward-Prowse over Adams is the, the penalties. Um, but I don't think there's any other Southampton attackers I'd consider because we know Breuer's not nailed now. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't go there with the defence. No. Um, A lot so, yeah. of people might be put off with them because of that Chelsea performance, but having mm. Arsenal and then Burnley, I think that's pretty that's pretty good. I mean, would you consider both Adams and Ward-Prowse? Or is this getting uh, crazy now when you're excluding like Son, for example? <laughs> no, I wouldn't just because I, yeah, I'm confident in that. I wouldn't include him because I, my other six players I'm very happy with, so I don't know who I'd swap to one yeah. house, to be honest. You mentioned that you're not sure about Madison. I was interested in that. Yeah. So you, so you might go with no less players at all. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm genuinely thinking about it. I feel like a lot of the talk leading up to this game week has been people want to target the Leicester fixture. But I think a lot of people wanting to target the Leicester fixture are doing it because they're not free hitting. And then they've got like this abundance of doubles at the end. I'm just True. really put off. They Like we mentioned earlier, they made seven changes against, was it, against Palace. I could see that happening again. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to risk 
because I'm risking going without a lot of single game week players. Like I'm, I'm not going to go for Son, for example. I'm not going to go for Trent, for example. And then to go, risk it with a Leicester player who might not play twice. Mm. I, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced on that. So yeah, he is in my team, but I don't. I don't think he will be. Yeah, it's an interesting one because you've kind of got to try and to predict the manager's Brendan Rodgers mindset. Because say, I think we both expect that midweek Barnes and Madison will both play. I can't see why yeah. they wouldn't. It's a, it's a massive, even though it's just you know, just the Conference League. Ultimately, they're close to winning a European trophy and they're going to prioritise winning silverware. And they played a very strong team last week. So there's no reason to believe they wouldn't play. But then do you then assume that, oh, well, Barnes was rested this week, so he's going to play, the, he's going to play on the weekend? And if he does, then is that even a good thing? Because then it's the Everton fixture. There's the one he's maybe will be benched for next. It's just, it's like, it's very, un- it's just, it is very unpredictable. Um, but so the reason I would go for Madison over Barnes is just that, yeah, set pieces basically. And he just seems the more nailed of the two. And yes, yeah, it's, it's particularly that Everton fixture. I just, that I like. Um, and it's just, it'd just be very frustrating if Madison played and then played on Saturday and then missed the Everton game. <laughs> I think, yeah, because yeah. Barnes was benched yesterday and Madison played. Because uh, mm. I'm like you, if it was, you know, in isolation, I'd rather have Madison than Barnes um, by quite by quite a distance, actually. But you, early thoughts are, it seems more likely that Barnes will be the more likely to play both games over Madison, just assuming that, you know, Barnes was yeah. rested yesterday and not dropped. Yeah, yeah. Particularly if they on Thursday they had to happen to take a, a three goal lead or something, then they could just take a bounce off early. But it seems unlikely. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll know more after Thursday. You never know. One of them could get subbed early, and then say Barnes played sixty minutes on Thursday. Although I don't think that's likely. That would suddenly make him very uh, appealing as an asset, having just played you know ninety minutes over the last two games. It's an odd um, one because it was one I thought I'd be targeting. And it was, I guess it's another benefit of three hitting this week because we always, I didn't feel comfortable bringing them in too early. Mm. So at least we get to make that decision on, on Thursday. Yeah. Mm. I mean, some people might go for both Madison and Barnes and yeah, yeah. you can't knock it. I mean, it could produce points. It just feels like a risk. A bit like we said with the defenders, mm. like there's more nailed on options like Ward Prowse, for example. <laughs> Yeah, it's easy to kind of get into the mindset as well of thinking, oh, how annoyed will I be if I don't go for them and they return? Do you know what I mean? Which is yeah. a, it's a logical way of thinking, but in my head, in your head, you start to think, oh, imagine if it gets to the end of the game week and like Madison scores two in the first and then scores against Everton. Like, why wouldn't it's easy to think, oh, why wouldn't I play Madison when he's got Newcastle and Everton in a, in a double game week? You've got to not think like that, yeah. I think I'd be more annoyed if I didn't go for Salah and then Madison gets two points. <laughs> you've, got, you've not got Salah though, have you, at the moment? No, I haven't. I haven't. No. Oh, so we started talking about strikers and I mentioned Adams. Um, so my, my other one is Ronaldo, who I would captain. Okay, so you've got 10 double game week players. Yeah, yeah. Plus right? mm-hmm. And there were two of them with Man United. I oh, know three of them. you got Sancho as well. <laughs> okay, so our, our teams are very... I've got Ronaldo and Wood up front. Yeah. So I think our only difference was our difference. I I've gone for Wood and you've gone for Adams. Adams. And, you, and you've got Ward Prowse. I've got Salah. Wow. So you've got no you've got no single game week players. No. I don't, I, do you know what? There's something. I mean, you've not got any spares, so that's interesting. Because mm. I started looking at going for spares, but it becomes like a never-ending thing. Like, do I go for Son or Kane? Then mm. do I have to go for both of them? Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't predict them. And I don't want to give up two double game week players to to have both. And I could still then lose out 
you know, if I go for two of them, because Kulisevsky might be the one that returns. Mm. We're kind of fortunate Doherty's not going to be able to play. At least we don't have to worry about him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's really good for us, actually, because there'll be a lot of people who are relying on having him as one of their players. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something maybe an extra minus four they need to take. So that's really nice. A lot of people, yeah, the, the fact that Veghorst has completely flopped, there's people even considering transferring out of him. So that, that those three things could really play into our hands. And I think, yeah, if I go for a single game player, which I think I will go for one, it will be Salah, De Bruyne or Kane. Um, but it's it's just, it, I don't know, it might just be oversimplifying it, but it's as simple as Salah, although he's not scored as many points recently, ultimately for the season, he gets the most chances and he's the best player in the league, probably. Um, certainly the best goal scorer in the league. Um, and he's playing Man United at home, who are similar defensively to Brighton. Like it's easy to think that that's the harder fixture compared to Brighton, but it's not. If you look at them defensively, they're pretty much the same in terms of the chances they concede. Um, and yeah, with De Bruyne, I suppose it's the fact that, in fact, no, I wouldn't have any worries over De Bruyne starting um, either. I suppose the the maybe the reason that's tempting to go for Kane or Son instead of Salah or De Bruyne is just the unlikely chance that Salah or De Bruyne get injured in the in the FA Cup game. Because there's no chance if they're not if they don't get a knot, there's no chance they'll be rested. I don't think in the league now. I no. just can't see Liverpool and City doing that at all. Yeah, it's just the fact that that may, maybe would make me side towards Kane. Maybe that's something I'll change my mind on. But yeah, is I just think Salah's brilliant, and a lot of people are jumping off at a bad time when he's got great fixtures coming up. And this Man United at home, yeah, is is a good fixture. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a reckless side of me. I just. So with the Spurs players, I think like I, like I mentioned, I just don't see the the upside, and maybe we don't need to always be looking looking for upside. But I can't see a scenario. Say I just went for Kane, mm. I can't see many scenarios that are going to be good for me. As in, I'll probably still want Kane to blank because someone's going to assist him. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's probably not a logical way to play. Like I probably should be like you know the sword versus shield thing, like try and protect myself a little bit. But mm. like we've just been talking about with the defenders. You know, it's it's a good time time to ch- chase upside. It's um yeah, it, it no, it, I think it's the opposite. I think it is logical. It's just hard to do. Um, the, the, I think the thing is, if you compare, for example, if you use Salah or Ward Prowse, which is your decision, um, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does sound ridiculous. But with Ward Prowse, you're there's probably more. I would say there's more chance that you get at least one return. But with Salah, you're, you you know Salah's got the ability. To, well, we know we literally know he can do it because he did it early in the season. He could score a hat trick against Man United, whereas you can't see Ward Prowse scoring a hat trick, scoring three goals over two games. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's very is, that, is that fair? Was that was that logical? Because it's ultimately it's just uh, I don't know. Like Salah's obviously way more explosive, but yeah, maybe is I don't know. Maybe that's me overthinking it. No, I get what you're saying. I mean, obviously Ward Prowse might have more chance of getting a return, but it's not it's not twice. It's not like twice the chance. It. And it's, it's just the appearance points, isn't it? If he if he appears in one game, Ward Prowse, and does nothing, and he appears in the other, and they just get a clean sheet, you've got five points. Well, yeah. Like, it's that. Oh. It's that, isn't it? Every time they just. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. If you look at like Salah yesterday, like you say, you got five points. Yeah, and that's probably. Expe- yeah, you'd expect that probably from Ward Prowse as a, a minimum. Mm. Whereas Salah actually had to do something to get that five points. I mean, maybe we're trivialising it a little bit, and I. I guess it's an odd one, isn't it? Because we're probably looking at it from a very different viewpoint to someone who's not free-hitting. Mm. And I, I guess we should talk about that a bit as well. I mean, how would you react differently if you, if you weren't free-hitting? Because the, 
I wouldn't want to bring a lot of these players in. And again, yeah. but that also then factors back into why I'm free hitting in the first place. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, re- I'm glad I'm free hitting because I think I'd be struggling. Uh, I would essentially, I'd just basically prioritise my captain. I'd put a lot of thought into captaincy and work out how much am I willing to risk it. Because I quite, even though I know Ronaldo played and Fernandez played Liverpool away, that Norwich fix is amazing. Plus you've got the bonus of probably two points minimum, but probably two points against Liverpool. So I quite strongly believe that Man United attackers are the best captains. Well, those two anyway. Um, but like, if I was not free hitting, does the downside of having to use a transfer to get Ronaldo and then probably then sell him again, does that outweigh the potential upside of having him as captain? And I think if I wasn't free hitting, I probably would just captain Kane <laughs> or yeah or Salah. Um, to be honest, we, yeah, it seems hypocritical to what I'm saying, but it's not because I get to bring them in for free. I don't have to think about I've got to trans because trans- transferring them in and out, you're losing a tr- yeah, you're losing two transfers. So it's not just yeah the minus four to buy them. Even if you don't take a minus four, it's still cost on your team. It's just hard to measure. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, and it, yeah, it was partly the thinking I had because I felt like a couple of weeks ago. Like you're saying, I, I wanted to captain a Man United player, but I didn't want to bring him in and then take him out, mm. especially when it would have been like Salah or Kane that would <laughs> that would be leaving. So yeah, like you say, it does sound hypocritical, but I guess that's why we planned to, to free hit this week. Exactly, yeah, the cost of the transfer is huge. Having to bring take out Kane for a week to bring him back in suddenly, even then, but not not got a free transfer next week. So I think if I wasn't free hitting, I would uh, yeah probably captain Kane or Salah, uh, and I also think and I think if I or, or maybe bring in, no, probably wouldn't. Yeah, maybe consider Madison or Barnes, depending what happens on Thursday, and consider captaining them. But I think people who are wildcarding 34 are in a great position where they can just bring in Fernandez for a week or, or just bring in Ronaldo for a week and just captain him. I think they're in a really good position um, as well because they've just been able to build for 33 without having to think long-term and then can wildcard 34. So if I was on wildcard 34, I would... Yeah, I'd find a way to get Fernandez or Ronaldo and just captain them and then walk out next week. What's what's interesting is, but before obviously this game week, I feel like if Man United beat Everton comfortably, I think mm. the whole conversation and feeling would be very very different. As in, I think because I really thought if Man United beat Everton comfortably, people would be selling Salah and Kane this week mm. to fund yeah. these Man United players. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, and I think that's. I like to think that's played into our hands. The fact that it's a differential captain. Yeah, because um, obviously they. I watched that game. They played really poorly against Everton. Um, but gen- generally, you know, if you look for the whole season, for example, Man United the fifth best attack, and since Ranić's come in, it's been slightly better as well. Um, and so, because that Everton fixture happened to be the one that was on the weekend, and they didn't happen to play Watford or Leeds on the weekend, where they. Had a, yeah, did really well a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be really, really like tempting to just think about the last game. And sometimes there will be something particular, like maybe a formation change or a key player was injured, and you have to kind of adjust for that. But I think generally it's better to look long term. I think with Man United, it's logical to look uh, until Randit came in or for the season. And we, yeah, we know ultimately it's the fifth best attack, probably against the by far the worst defence in the league. And, and again, it's all this kind of like like narrative stuff that happens of, of Man United are awful. But yeah, like they're having a bad season. But again, ultimately they're seventh in the league. They're not a relegation team, <laughs> and their attack's still very it's still a good attack, isn't it? And they're playing Norwich, and 
because they're not in Europe as well, Fernandes and Ronaldo, you'd expect them to play both games. You can't think of any reason why they wouldn't. Unless that Ronaldo incident with him hitting that phone. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, that could change on. That could change some stuff if there's any repercussions from, from that. I don't, but... I don't think it will. I, I, mean, I mean, if he was banned, I guess it would. But then we'd still have Sancho, we'd still have Sancho and Fernandes. Yeah, I just think the reason I don't think it will is because you think about when other disciplinary happen, disciplinary things happen with teams, it's up to the discretion of the, the club. I see what you mean, yeah. So, for example, with uh, there was an incident this season with Foden and Grealish. Um, I think they maybe turned up to training in not a fit state. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, the, and then Pep, Pep, Pep dropped them for a couple of games. Um, there was the, the incident with Kurt Zuma around the Cats and the club chose not to stop playing him. Which was a bad decision. Um, but anyway, that was the club's. Either way, it was the club's decision. And but the fact that Ronaldo did that in the stadium, does that mean like the Premier League are allowed to like ban him? For example, I don't know because it was it wasn't during a match, but it was like. Do you see what I mean? In the I same, do. I do. In the, same, in the same way, a referee can technically give a red card after the match. Like technically, could the Premier League say right, he's getting a ban for that? I don't think they can. I don't think if they could, we'd probably know about it. Do you know what? I think you're probably right. This is me. I over plan everything. So I just want to have a little plan in the back of my mind that if this happens, I can, you know, switch, switch quickly. But I mean, like you say, it probably won't happen. And if it did, I don't think it's a big deal. As in, we can adjust the free hit. um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Accordingly. You'd either go simple and just switch Ronaldo to Kane. uh, Or you would go for like Rash. Yeah, you'd you'd do something like Ronaldo to Kane and then do Madison to Rashford or something, something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's. This is what I like about this free hit. There's a lot, lot of things that we can do. Uh, do you know? It's, it's funny because we've got very, very similar free hits. Um, we're on the same strategy, so we can't really give a balanced view, um, balanced argument. Um, well, it, the, one of the key things is team dependent, and it's probably no coincidence mm-hmm. that our teams are in a similar place, and we're both convinced that free hits is a good thing. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. It's so easy, like to. Yeah. It's so easy to just forget that not everyone's team is the same as yours. Um, there might be people who already have a couple of Leicester players. Maybe they bought a Newcastle defender last week. Um, they already have like Son and Kane who have good fixtures. And for them, it's uh, yeah obvious not to free hit. So, yeah, uh, I can I, I just think, yeah, as I said before, it's it's got the potential for huge swings, either in our favour um, or against us, because of the... Basically, there's going to be big players that are captained that we don't own and big players that we don't own in general. And we're going to own players like Fernandes and Ronaldo who play Norwich and we'll be able to captain one of them as well. And that could flop or it could be one of the score a hat-trick and it could be incredible. So I just think it's risks versus reward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a roller coaster. but I mean, like I mentioned earlier with um, websites like FPL review, there's Mikkel talk fans algorithm. Um, there's fantasy football hub. Um, you know, you can look into all these things and look at the predicted points for the week. And I mean, all of them agree that, to go for double game weekers but like you say it's, it's not a guarantee mm. um there's there's gonna be you know some ups and downs it could work out in a funny way that it's completely even mm. you know there are scenarios where you know yeah yeah course, Trent yeah, scores be, a brace yeah. or something which evens out the games we get from the double game week like yeah yeah of course yeah it could but in general it like has the potential more potential than other weeks i think to have huge swing because of the amount of free hitters that everyone sorry the amount of big hitters that everyone will own um yeah because basically because you've got fernandez and ronaldo who at the moment no one owns who have suddenly maybe the best two assets to captain so just yeah the potential for big swings and 
So going back to what you said before, yeah, if I wasn't free hitting, I think I'd probably like prioritise, yeah, maybe someone to captain, but maybe think about a Leicester player because you don't you might to want them long term. And then if you've got a defensive, so a lot of people want to replace Doherty, so maybe like someone like Target or Shah or Gabriel, the players we've already mentioned, would be a nice easy replacement. Nice little bench option, yeah. This is the difficult at the moment. There's so many different strategies. Like some people might be looking at, like you mentioned earlier, someone and then they're going to wildcard out of it. Some people need someone, you know, for a bench boost. People like <laughs> us that, that are free hitting. Um, I, I, I like what you said actually just then about Leicester because obviously we, we're not sure about Leicester. I mean, you've got a couple of them on your current free hit draft. But mm. I think for, a, yeah, someone planning long term, they make a lot more sense. A bit like, you know, a couple of weeks ago going for Burnley players made sense for someone who's trying to plan plan more long term mm. um see i still think if i wasn't free hitting i'd want i've never captain bruno fernandez and i still think that i would i would be going for it i still think i'll be bringing in a man united player and captain them mm. i just don't know which one that uh, maybe it shouldn't worry me as much the ronaldo phone thing has worried me a bit you made me feel I a think, little bit better about it I um think but there's also seems to be this minutes risk around Ronaldo as well maybe not a huge minutes risk but if he missed a game I wouldn't be like completely shocked no he did um, yeah like for the first time yeah I think the first time in his career he's suddenly getting like little injuries like his lower back he's had problems with his lower back and other just like little niggly injuries which he wouldn't have had earlier in his career so just the worry that something like that will just come out of nowhere from the exactly. first game it is a bit higher where Fernandez is the complete opposite well, he's like Ronaldo, Ronaldo never used to be, where he um, just because of his age. But Fernandez just can play. His recovery rate is obviously incredible. Yeah. I just thought of something actually. Um, so if Ronaldo, for any reason, say he got injured before the weekend, mm. I, I guess Bruno would be a better captain because he'd be definitely on penalties. Yeah, yeah, def- <laughs> yeah, definitely. Then, yeah, I'm pretty sure we can be certain if Ronaldo does play, we can be pretty sure he's on penalties. Yeah. We, you never know for certain, but he's he missed the one against Middlesbrough in the cup. But then he's had another one since then that he scored in the league. Um, so I don't think there's any reason to think that he now wouldn't be on penalties. Uh, which is which is basically, to be honest, isn't the main reason I'm captaining him. Yeah, is the pen- if Bruno, I think if neither of them were on penalties, uh, I would captain Ronaldo. But yeah, if it was Fernandez, I'd definitely captain Fernandez. It's just you just never know. You could just get, you could get three penalties over two games. It can things like that can happen. Well, exactly, exactly. Like, look yeah. at Richarlison in the in the last double yeah. game, getting a couple of penalties and yeah, yeah. On, a, on a huge score. And that, I think that's why I'm trying to target, just even for non-captaincy, trying to get as many penalty takers in as possible. Mm. And obviously, then hope they don't miss. Um, I think we've covered. So we we had a few questions on Twitter, but I think we've covered most of them. The one we haven't covered is actually quite interesting. Um, probably more for well, probably more for non-free hitters, but everyone. So. Mark's asked a question, can Jota cover Salah for the rest of the season? <laughs> what, what do you think about that? I, I mean, I, I guess it's taking into account the price as well. No. Uh, however, I can understand the rationale for it, uh, particularly if you go for Jota instead of Salah, and that allows you to have De Bruyne, for example, instead of Foden. I can see the temptation there, but I still think I'd rather, because you've got the alternative, the other alternatives of De Bruyne at City, like Foden, um, and I presume one of the reasons you would date downgrade Salah is to get De Bruyne. That's why I would just go with Salah and go for one of the cheaper Man City options, which for me would be um, Foden. But I can see, yeah, I can see, I can definitely see the reason for it. And I wouldn't be like, if I found out now that Jota would outscore Salah for the rest of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. But I wouldn't be surprised if another combination of, for example, 
uh, Jota and Kane or Jota and De Bruyne outscored Salah and one of the like Kulusevsky or Foden, for example. Um, so I, I would say, yeah, I don't want to sit on the fence because that's not <laughs> what people want to hear, is it? Um, so I would I mean, say, so I would, I would strongly advise people against selling Salah. He's, he's absolutely incredible, and he's got incredible fixtures, and he's the best goal scorer in the league. Because Jota's brilliant. He's had an amazing season. He's massively underpriced. That's like what makes it tempting. So I'd maybe, yeah, my answer would probably be trying to get both. But it's just tricky if you've already got Robertson and Trent. I mean, it's not it's not an easy question to answer. Um, so, so I think that's I think that's a very good answer. I've, so, so something I've done is I've looked at my captain for the next few weeks. I mean, I haven't worried about it too much because I don't need to worry about it for a couple of weeks. But I think Salah's going to be the best captain potentially for the 34, 35 maybe 36 obviously it depends if we get more doubles chucked in there with there's a small possibility yeah and, yeah and also we know that Liverpool have, have really good depth now in their attack and we know that they're gonna Liverpool will not rest Salah um unless he has a knock and they, they need to rest him and that's really wise but in general they're not going to rest him if he's fit to play if he's fit to start they're going to play him and I think it's the same for De Bruyne at Man City um but Jota, like, I think he'll play. I think he will start most games, but I think he'll probably be benched for a few. Um, and it, and it's yeah, like you said, it, that's a really good point. You lose that captaincy option, and you'd be less confident captaining Jota when Liverpool have the best fixture. So yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I can see the rationale, but I would advise against it. That would be my answer because I don't want to just sit here and say, oh, I could, yeah, and just say, oh, you could or you couldn't. I would, I would say, yeah, don't. I would say, don't do that. But. I can see why you would. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to know now, and especially going into this double. Um, it doesn't seem to be high on people's priority list, unless I guess they're looking at going for, maybe going for Bruno and then bringing in Jota that way. Um, yeah, I, yeah, maybe, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think actually another, we didn't have it asked as a question, but I think something we need to discuss before we end the pod is definitely Spurs assets again. Mm. Now, we don't have Son. I mean, you don't even have Kudasevsky, so maybe that gives you a bit more flexibility so once game week 33 is out the way have you got a plan for which Spurs assets you want do you want to go for like Son and Kane um uh no no I won't go for both no I can't yeah I've I've, in terms of my team at the moment I've only got uh a million or something in the bank which allows me next game week to upgrade um yeah that allows me to upgrade Gabriel to Cancelo but I now probably have to think about a plan of doing that for Doherty instead and taking a minus four mm-hmm. to give me that depth. So I might end up doing, I wouldn't be surprised actually if I end up doing Doherty to Cancelo and then doing Coutinho to Kulisevsky to save the money. I think that will probably, with the money I've got them at the bank, I may be able to do that. I've not looked into it. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I, I definitely am not going to get some as well. And it could be painful, but I just don't think his. If you look at the chances he's scoring, we know obviously he is an incredible goal scorer, incredible at taking chances. So you have to kind of take XG with a pinch of salt. Um, but to sustain it at the current rate at which he is, well, just because he happens to score the hatchet, we can't suddenly be really scared of not of not owning him. Um, if it, you know, for example, to own Son, I'll have to sell Salah. I'd be way more scared of not owning Salah. Um, or, I'd, or I'd sell Kane, which I definitely wouldn't do. I think Kane. I still think Kane's the better option out of, out of Kane and Son, yeah, because of penalties. Which you know, always feels silly to say just after Son scored the hat-trick. And Son probably has more points for the season, I'd imagine. But a lot of that's to do with Kane's really so slow start. Um, 
And I think now Kane's up to speed. I, I would still rather have Kane. Yeah. Um, and I, even if I'd slightly rather have Son, even if I could, someone could convince me of that, or if I made that decision, uh, or if I came out of denial, maybe, and admit that to myself, probably it wouldn't be enough to make the switch from Kane to Son. I think that would be absolutely, I think that'd be really ill-advised. Yeah. It's, I, more, it's more that I just have to, uh, just have to accept that I can't have them both. I think it's best. I, I agree with you again. Uh, just to stick with, you know, what you what you've got. I mean, Kulusevski. I almost feel bad for him because he plays for Tottenham. I mean, bad for him FPL wise, not because mm-hmm. he plays for Tottenham. Because if he, you know, if he wasn't under the shadow of Kane and Son's numbers, he's ridiculous. You know, he's almost doing like what Jesse Lingard was doing like <laughs> last season. It, yeah. You know, he's still only six point three million. He's hauling on a regular basis. Um, so I, I wouldn't want to get rid of Kuduzewski. And I think back to my wild card in 28 and I had Son at the time and not Kane. And I was trying to get both in and I just couldn't. So I ended up going for Kuduzewski. And I just remember even at that time, I couldn't justify spending that much money on Spurs strikers or Spurs <laughs> attackers. Yeah, that's funny. Even now, like like you say, the Son overperforming. I think Danny Ings had a bigger XG this week um, than Son, who got the hat-trick. And obviously we see that a lot with hat-tricks. They generally are. Yeah, generally they will be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was just even Spurs attacking numbers weren't incredible. They looked poor in the first half. Mm. If you, mean, yeah. At some point, Spurs might just go back to, you know, they were winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. They're not going to keep scoring multiple goals every week. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> if you were to look at that game and only look at, if you couldn't see the goal scorers and couldn't see the scoreline, but you could just see the underlying stats, it would put you off Spurs players. Um, would. Yeah. yeah. Just, and it's, I think you've really got to be, you've got to be disciplined and think about that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fully aware that Son's an elite goal scorer. But even being an elite goal scorer, that maybe means that in a full season, he outscores his XG. I think he outscored his XG last season by about 10 goals or something, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that is. <laughs> but like in that, in, in, in that one game, in that one game last week, his XG was less than one and he scores three goals. So like things like that will happen sometimes. But I think, yeah, because it means tearing apart my team, I won't go for Son. And actually, because you've just mentioned there with Gulisevsky, I've just checked. I'll probably end up taking a minus four next week, do Doherty to Cancelo, and I can do either Saka. I can do Saka, Rafinha, or Coutinho to Gulisevsky. Um, yeah, which is not, which is going to make me feel better about it because at least I have two of the attackers. And yeah. This is the, I think it's a really tricky thing for free hitters because um, I think you have... To, sorry, not free hitters, for wildcarders in 34. I think you just have to have Gulisevsky because of his value. Um, and I, yeah, so I think, I think you have to choose between Son or Kane if you're on free hit, if you're on wild card in 34 as well, because I, well, personally, I wouldn't go for triple attack and just, yeah, and just not have Salah. I was going to say, I mean, the, the Doherty injury has opened up the possibility of going for triple attack, but then you're spending so much money on, on Spurs attackers. You're not going to have room for anything else. You're not going to be able to go for the, the big defenders. And big defenders were all the rage a couple of weeks ago, and they they still did very well this this week. Um, it was just you know, I mean, Chelsea kept a clean sheet, Spurs kept a clean sheet, and you know, Cancelo, Trent got attacking returns. I still think that's the way to go now. Uh, like mm-hmm. for the rest, of, that's what I'm going to look to do for the rest of the season. So I've already got James Robertson and Alexander Arnold. Um, I've got Gabriel and Doherty, so I'm going to do Doherty to Cancelo, and that'll be my back four: James Robertson, Alexander Arnold, Cancelo. And I wouldn't be adverse to doing Gabriel soon to Laporte and having double City's defence as well. So that earlier in the season, for a long period, I played four or five at the back over a period where I did really well, actually. 
Um, I, I think that might be the way to go because um, it just Man City's defense is just so good, <laughs> and then you you yeah it's just ridiculously good, and then you combine that with the yeah how good Cancelo is going forward, and plus the upside of Robertson, Trent, and James is is ridiculous, and then if Chelsea go out the Champions League, yeah you'd expect James to play regularly, and he just becomes brilliant. So I I, I just do th- I think that's the way to go with it. I, th- I think double game weeks got in the way of what was working this season, as in playing like four four defenders and a lot of premiums was doing well and spending not mm. very much money on strikers. I know Kane's that's a, a more recent development and a, an exception. Yeah, but that seems to be the the formula for this season. It's just double game weeks have led you know down all these paths like Jimenez and Weghorst <laughs> and King and Dennis and all this all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's yeah. sometimes yeah sometimes that's logical. Um, other times, yeah. <laughs> other times, not so much. So this is the part of the show where we'd normally go through our teams for the week, but we've we've pretty much done that being on mm. being on free here. And did you say it was Bruno captain? That you... uh, uh, Ronaldo. Oh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Okay. Are you, are not... you, you're more tempted by Bruno because of the minutes. It's because of the minutes. Mm. I mean, I've never done it. I mean, that shows how bad my season was last year. I've never captained Bruno. Oh well. I've not even. I don't think I've owned him this season. Oh no, I did. I did at the start. I owned him at the start when he got his hat trick, and he was. That was this season, wasn't it? Yeah, that was this game, season. Game week one. Game week one, yeah. So I owned him then. I got rid of him pretty quickly, and I've not owned him since. So, yeah, yeah. that's been stinging me in the double. This is another reason I want to do it. I keep every time Man United have got a double game week, I kind of, I just get Ronaldo in, ignore the rest, and I get and my rank gets destroyed. Mm. So hopefully now I don't free hit. <laughs> Go 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 three go three of them and then my rank gets destroyed because of that. But got to play the numbers and fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're. Um, what's your rank at the moment, Rich? Um, so seventeen seventeen k. Yeah, ten k is very doable then. I think it's eighteen points off. It's eighteen points off. Yeah. So I think that's partly why I want to go for it as well because this is my last chip. Mm. So. I feel like if I just sit on the fence, I don't want to use my free hit and then have the same team as, you know, everyone else has got. But I don't want to be free hitting to a marginal different team of, to what I've got at the, at the moment. Um, so I'm kind kind of going for it. Not like crazy going for it, though. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I think it makes a lot of, yeah. And what, what are you planning after the free hit? Is there a particular move you've got in mind already? Yeah, so I've got, I've got two, actually. So the original plan was to Rafinha move him to Foden or Havertz or Mount or something like that. But now the Doherty injury, I could get in Robertson. Then I'd have Trent, Robertson, Rudiger, James, Cancelo, which means incredible bat line. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got Rudiger as well. Nice. Yeah, but then I can't get one of these like mid-priced midfielders in. You know, there's all these midfielders like we mentioned, like Foden and Mount, and I'd kind of be blocked from doing that. It's um, an interesting one having Rudiger now, isn't it? Because... It puts you off getting James in the sense that you'd either have to double up on defence, which is probably isn't ideal when you could alternatively double up on Man City's defence, for example. Um, but at the same time, it feels very sideways, so to speak, to go to James. But it might be a similar thing where you've just kind of got to see it out and hope that James doesn't go too crazy. Oh, um, no, I've got James. I've got James and Oh, Rudy sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought James is the one you were saying you were considering buying. It was Cancelo. Oh, no. No, Rob, so Robertson. Robertson's oh, Robertson. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. yeah. It's sorry, quite weird. But Rudiger is a bit of an issue, as in he's not an issue because he's getting good points, but having Rudiger and James, I don't want to get rid of either of them. Mm. But I know Rudiger scored the other week, but I'd much rather have Laporte or Robertson. I don't know. I think I've gone big at the back. I've 
not gone wrong enough to have to fix it. And no, they got the, and Chelsea have got the doubles as well. Yeah, I think you're ahead of the curve there. I think that's really I think that's a really good position to be in. Yeah, particularly as you've already got Kulisewski, for example, as well in midfield, who's a cheaper option that allows for a bit more money. Decisions um, might be, have to be made soon on on Saka because I feel he's he, I can't believe his effective ownership. Like I've had him since November or something like that. Um, I've never really enjoyed having him, but he's a very popular pick now. He's got some pretty good stats, but they're not amazing. Yeah, he's got West. He's got Man United and then West Ham in 34 and 35, which is okay. Yeah, but there might yeah. be a better, better midfielder to target if you can switch him to find a way to get him to Foden, for example, for those two fixtures. Or some people might, yeah, gamble on Jota instead. Saka yeah. down, then Rafinha up. That could yeah. be. Just, yeah, I don't know. Saka's a weird one because it's kind of like, he's nice to have, but he's not like a, amazing to have. Mm. If I can describe him about like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, he's not a problem, but he's not exciting. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> he's I just Saka. Yeah. <laughs> he's at a reasonable price. <laughs> yeah, and his ownership's not low enough where you get really excited about it. But, you yeah. know, it's kind of like he's a good player. Yeah, one of those. That's the thing. I only had Saka playing at the weekend and it's like, I don't really care. Like, I'd almost rather he doesn't score because I don't want there to be an assist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's why this game's so fun. But um, I, I guess we'll wrap up there, Sam. Um, but, I mean, how could people find you on, on social media? Uh, at uh, I'm just on Twitter in terms of FPL stuff. So, yeah, at yeah. FPL Sports Science is my Twitter name and I'm not a very, yeah, I don't post like uh, <laughs> tips and things like that. I'm quite a selfish <laughs> FPL Twitter user. I use it to get advice from other people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love, I love interacting with people on there though as well. And yeah, discussing opinions and messaging people to get thoughts on things. So yeah, always up for interacting with people on there. And Brilliant. Yeah. And I'm sure people would like to obviously see where you end up as well. Um, oh, yeah, that's rich. Hopefully yeah. the free hit bounces you straight back up. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe higher than where you were obviously I say that partly selfishly as well because <laughs> yeah I'm on four red arrows in a row but yeah the other three were fine just moving down a bit but yeah, the last one was painful so hopefully I can push back towards the top 100 that'd be nice it'd yeah, be a shame like, it'd be a shame if I finish now and drop down to like two or three k so I'd, li- I'd like to stay in that top thousand and hopefully even yeah be close to 100 maybe sneak back inside that that'd be nice but it's, yeah it's, it's difficult <laughs> it's, it's funny this game isn't it like you it, i think you can get quite um no matter where you are you always want to be higher so yeah. some people may be you'll be you'll be like disappointed if you finish 2000 but mm. so many other people will be like oh i'd love to finish like me i'd, yeah, I'd no. bite someone's <laughs> hand off for it but it's all relative you just want to finish that game week 38 you want that to be the highest point of your season yeah it is relative because you, you feel a bit like i feel like really annoying saying oh, i'll be annoying if i finish 2000th because that's so annoying to hear if you're not there. But I do not finish there every season. If you look at my rank history. So, <laughs> yeah, it's very much a... Well, hopefully it's not a one-off long-term. We'll see. But yeah, it def- definitely is. I doubt I'll ever be this high uh, again. And um, the fun thing was like when I was like 22nd, because I was something like... At one point, I was about 30 points off top. And you start to have those thoughts of like, oh, why don't I just captain? So why don't I just buy De Bruyne when no one owns him and just captain him? And I hope he just absolutely smashes it off the line. In the off chance you just randomly go top, but try to try to play sensibly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's brilliant. But thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone, give Sam a follow on on Twitter. And we've just got one more thing to say. Up the pod. Up the pod. <laughs>